You have been listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church. We invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For more information, visit day3church.com. Every year at Day 3 Church, we try to uh, do a series this time of year that helps us to focus on a ministry called Operation Christmas Child. Uh, Most of you are probably very familiar with it, especially if you've been here uh, in our church very long because you've seen us do this for a few years now. But uh, what happens is that the Samaritan's Purse collects these shoeboxes with gifts inside, and uh, they are sent across the world to children who not only are blessed by the contents of the box, because many of them have never been given a gift at all, but those that receive it also get a Bible study and a chance to go through an ongoing Bible study. Uh, Last year, there were over 8 million boxes that were collected. Uh, The statistics are about one in every 10 children that receive a box receives Christ as their Savior. So it's a very good opportunity that we have to uh, share the gospel, to impact children's lives across this world. The reason we're playing the, uh, the movie trailer to the new uh, upcoming Chronicles of Narnia movie that will be released in December is that Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child have partnered with them and they're using this thought of a voyage or a journey uh, as part of their promotion this year. Uh, in the movie, you saw a ship that was called the Dawn Treader. And what we are considering ourselves to be, uh, to be spiritual Dawn Treaders through these boxes, to be taking spiritual light, spiritual truth, the gospel of Christ to children across this world. So in this series, we have tried to help you focus on taking an amazing journey or a voyage through these shoeboxes, that we can go from where we are here across this globe to the hearts of children. You can pack these boxes, you and your family, pray over these boxes, put money in to help pay for the shipping. They've even come up with a way that you'll see in a moment this year, you can actually track it and find out where your box winds up at, uh, which to me is just an amazing thing that, that we can do. Uh, so uh, that's why we're doing this series. Um, the ship that you saw, as I mentioned a moment ago in the trailer, a lot of times on a ship you'll have precious cargo that's being delivered. To illustrate that, have you ever seen on TV where people are hunting for sunken treasure? Here's why. The ship that went down had precious cargo on it. Gold, jewels, coins, whatever the case might be. So ships many times carry precious cargo. What we want you to view these boxes as is this. These boxes are precious cargo, taking a wonderful treasure around the world. Now, some of you may be wondering because this is kind of crunch time. Next Sunday is our last Sunday to receive these because we'll be crating them up and be shipping them to Charlotte and then from there to, you know, around the world. So uh, what we need you to do is please remember bring yours back next week. In case you have any questions about how to pack your precious treasure, your cargo that we're talking about sending, we're going to play a video to you about how to pack a shoebox, and I'll be back up in a moment to... uh, Carry on with the message. So watch the screen for a moment. Thank you for packing shoeboxes for Operation Christmas Child. Let's get started. First, find an empty shoebox, preferably a standard size shoebox. And if you want to wrap it, please make sure that you wrap the lid separately. Decide on whether your gift is going to be for a boy or a girl and their age category. Categories are two to four years, 5 to 9 years, and 10 to 14 years. Then purchase gifts according to the gender and age category you've chosen. The more variety, the better. Here are some other gift ideas to get you started. Toys for a boy, mini cars, small trucks, balls, flashlights with batteries, small stuffed animals, Legos, and other small toys. Toys for a girl, small baby dolls, small stuffed animals, jacks, hair accessories, jump ropes, 
stickers, and other small toys. Don't forget to include necessity items, such as a hairbrush, comb, mild bar soap, deodorant, toothpaste, toothbrush, t-shirts, underwear, socks, and other small items that a child could use. Please don't forget to pack school supplies in your box. School supplies are popular wherever shoe boxes are sent. Also, try to include gifts such as crayons and other art supplies, coloring books, gum, and hard candy. Please be sure to place hard candy in double bags and mild soaps in separate airtight plastic bags. Please do not include liquid-filled containers that can open, break, or spill, such as shampoos, mouthwash, snow globes, or aerosol cans. Also, avoid items that are old or used, items that could easily break. Food, chocolate, medicine, vitamins, seeds, and war-related toys, such as toy guns, knives, military toys, or figures holding weapons. After you've packed your shoebox with these special gifts, remember to include a short note with your picture and your address so that the child who receives it can write back if possible. You can also download and print an All About Me coloring sheet for your kids from our Graphic Resources webpage to share some extra fun facts about you and your family. Before you close the box, please don't forget to include $7 or more for shipping and other costs. For a simple and convenient way, you can make your shoebox donation online with a credit or debit card using Easy Give, available on our secure website at samaritanspurse.org forward slash OCC. And by making a financial donation online, you can now find out the country destination of your shoebox gift. It's called Follow Your Box, and it's a tracking technology Operation Christmas Child has recently implemented. Or you can place your check for $7 or more in the envelope attached to the Operation Christmas Child brochure and be sure to place it on top in plain sight. Make your check payable to Samaritan's Purse, designated for Operation Christmas Child in the memo line. Don't forget to fill out your name and address on the envelope so that we can send you a special report on the distribution of the shoeboxes to the children. Secure the box by placing rubber bands around the box and lid. Now tape the appropriate label, included with your Operation Christmas Child brochure, on the lid of the box, making sure that you mark the correct age category on the label. Or, if you use the Easy Give online option, attach your appropriate barcoded label on the lid, making it possible for us to let you know its final country destination. Finally, your shoebox is ready for delivery to a special boy or girl. Remember, after you've put your shoebox together, the most important thing you can ever do is pray for the child who will receive your gift. If you have questions about packing your shoebox, consult your Operation Christmas Child brochure or visit SamaritansPurse.org forward slash OCC. Thank you for participating in Operation Christmas Child. During the movie trailer a moment ago, you may or may not have picked up on this, but uh, during the movie trailer, they make this statement, the fate of Narnia depends upon you. Now, while we're not concerned with the fate of Narnia necessarily, we need to be concerned with the fate of children and the fate of their parents and the fate of people across this world that do not know Christ as their Savior. That's why we're going to the trouble of sending these boxes. That's why we need to have this viewed as precious cargo that we're sending, not just so kids can have some toys or pencils or school items. We're sending this so they can hear about Jesus Christ that died on the cross so they can have everlasting life. That's why it is precious cargo. And for many people across this world, many children across this world, their fate may depend upon what we do through Operation Christmas Child. So I hope you'll really pray and that you'll follow through with your commitment and bring all of those items back. What really is our precious cargo? I mean, what is the cargo that we have that we need to share with others? 
Today, as we think about precious cargo, I think we can look at what we refer to as the Great Commission in Matthew chapter 28 and find there some really necessary thoughts or principles about precious cargo, about you and I fulfilling the Great Commission. Do you realize sending these shoeboxes, that helps to fulfill the Great Commission? We'll talk about that in the message. But you and I need to understand that we have precious cargo, the gospel of Christ, that we need to be sharing with other people. Look what Jesus says in this passage of Scripture. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. That's called the Great Commission. It's a mandate that Jesus left for his disciples. It's a mandate that is still in the Word of God for us to look at and apply to our lives. And we have this precious cargo called the gospel of Jesus Christ that we need to share with other people around us. So I want you to, if you're following along in, in the notes inside the updates, there's a place you can take uh, some fill-in-the-blank notes as we go through the message. But I want you to notice some things about precious cargo. Here's the first thing I want you to notice. We have authority to deliver this precious cargo. Have you ever been doing something and someone asks you, who told you you can do it? You know, by what authority are you doing this? Well, someone may wonder, why we do something like Operation Christmas Child? By what authority are we sending these boxes? Is it just because Samaritan's Purse asked for us to do it? What authority do we have to send these? What authority do we have to share the gospel with other people around us? Here's where our authority comes from. Look at what Jesus said in verse 18. Jesus came to them, to the disciples, and he said, A little bit of authority. is given me in heaven and on earth. Jesus came to his disciples and he said this, all authority, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given me. That encompasses a huge amount, doesn't it? And by the way, recognize when Jesus said this. Jesus said this after having gone to the cross. Jesus said this after having died from shedding his blood for our sins and dismissing his spirit to the Father. Jesus said this after having been buried in a tomb and taking his life back up. Jesus on the other side of being crucified and buried and risen again, Jesus says, all authority has been given me. You see, the very fact that Jesus did everything we just talked about, that proves he has all authority. He was nailed to a cross, buried, he took his life back up. And that shows us that Jesus had all authority. The way, all, the, way the word authority is used here in the Greek, it really gives the idea of Jesus having the right to use power. He had the authority to use power. All through Matthew's gospel, matter of fact, all through the New Testament, but since we're talking about Matthew's gospel today, all through Matthew's gospel, you have pictures of the authority of Jesus. Jesus had the authority to heal people. He had the authority to teach. He taught with authority. He had the authority to forgive sins. He had the authority to tell the storm to quit and the winds to listen to his voice. He had the authority over Satan. Jesus at one point delegates authority to his disciples as he sends them out and tells them to go out in minister. Jesus has all authority. And because Jesus has authority, we have authority to do anything and everything Jesus tells us to do. 
we can answer the call to be in Great Commission Christians. We can answer the call to sharing the gospel with someone. We can answer the call to mission work like Operation Christmas Child. We can answer the call to support missionaries in foreign lands through our giving. Why can we do it? Because of the authority of Jesus Christ. Because He has all authority. The Bible tells us one day that God the Father is going to make all the enemies of Christ His footstool. The Bible tells us that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus has all authority, and that means for us we can do what He calls us to do. You realize Christianity by its very nature is a missional or a missionary endeavor? Look what the Bible tells us here. Peter writes these words. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. He is patient, rather, with you, not wanting anyone to perish. In other words, God is giving time and opportunity for people to come to Him by faith. He is patient, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's the heart of God. Now, will everyone in the world be saved? No, they won't. We know that from the Bible. But it is God's heart for everyone to be saved. And if that's the heart of God, that ought to be the heart of you and I as believers. If, if that is God's nature, that ought to be our nature as His children because He's our Heavenly Father. We ought to have the desire to deliver precious cargo. We ought to have the desire to see other people come to Christ. We ought to have the desire to fulfill this effort called Operation Christmas Child so children around this globe can hear about the gospel of Jesus Christ and how much God loves them and we can do it and we should do it because Jesus has all authority. We have the authority to deliver this precious cargo. Also in the Great Commission, we discover this. We have a precious cargo that is for all nations. For all nations. Not just a few people. Not just certain nationalities not just certain races. We have a gospel. We have a precious cargo that is for all nations. Look what Jesus said. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. We've got a uh, couple in our church that are new as far as being uh, members of our church, but some of you have probably seen them around uh, for a while, and, uh, and that is Wayne and, uh, and, and Barbara Ferguson. Uh, and just like Al said a couple of weeks ago when uh, uh, Al was sharing with us about Operation Christmas Child, Al Newell uh, is, of course, the son-in-law, but Al said that he is known by his fame being Wendy's husband. Al said, I am Wendy's husband. This couple here, they are known by being Wendy's parents. And uh, they served as missionaries in South Africa, and they had the opportunity to see firsthand Operation Christmas Child at work. So they're going to share with you a few minutes and also bring some pictures up on the screen that they made while they're in South Africa. So please listen. Thank you, Pastor Lynn. It's so great that you invited us to be able to share our passion for Operation Christmas Child's precious cargo just starts with a simple shoebox with a few little gifts in it, but it's so much more. Baba Mulaney Children's Center is located just outside Cape Town, South Africa. Wayne and I were privileged and blessed to be able to serve on the mission field with this children's center. Now, this center was in what we would probably call in this country a real ghetto. It was in a settlement or a squatter camp with just like millions of other black Africans all over, particularly the big cities, Johannesburg, Cape Town. And this settlement, I can't even describe to you the poverty. They deal all the time with HIV, AIDS, unemployment. There's a lot of alcohol addiction because a lot of the people who do work work in the wine fields. They get paid with bottles of wine. It's really very sad. Then there is um, terrible 
sexual and physical abuse of women and children. And we saw this at our children's center. Now, Baba Mulaney is a COSA word. This was COSA, and I can't say it very well because this is the, these are the people who click when they talk. Baba Mulaney and COSA means let them come. Taken from Mark 10:14, let the children come. And the children really did come. And I, I just want I could share, I could go on for hours just talking about our children's center. But I want to tell you that we did try to meet their needs physically. We fed them. So occasionally we clothed them. We tried to give them hope in a, in a very hopeless life. But the most important thing was their hopelessness without Jesus Christ. That was the thing. That was what we were there for. We were a beacon for the gospel of Jesus Christ. Well, one day, we were introduced to Operation Christmas Child. We had never been involved in it. Six years ago, we were introduced by being on the other side of it from where you all are. And I wish that you could have been there with us on this day. Now, on a typical day, we fed, I don't know, what would you say, 200, 250 kids with soup. They got a bowl of soup, had to bring their own container, two pieces of bread. They would line up two hours before feeding time and sing. That, that's, that's how desperate they were for food. On this particular day, I think it was in the air that there was something special going on. Because just as on a usual feeding day, the mamas and the old men who came on feeding day and hung around our tent waiting for the leftovers, and they usually got them. God was so good to always have us have enough. They were wondering what was going on. And they were peeking in that first picture up there. Shows them peeking through the uh, place in the tent where they could look in. And I want to tell you what they saw. The kids each got a gift. Just as maybe, maybe it was one of your gifts. We told them they couldn't open them until everyone had their gift in their lap. And there were 125 kids. Not all the kids, but that's all the gifts that we had. So we said, everybody opens together, hold on to those gifts. Everybody got them. One, two, three, open. And it was absolutely a din of noise and laughter and hooting and hollering. The boys were jumping all over, running around, showing off their gifts. Girls huddling together, telling each other what they had gotten. And a few of the younger ones, so overwhelmed, they just sat there staring because they had never had a gift like that before, and we we helped them go through the contents of their boxes. I want to tell you how grateful these kids were. I I just, one little boy, we, I should back up a bit here. Logistically, we always tried, or we did try, to make sure we had enough boy gifts, enough girl gifts. But it didn't work out that way. The last little boy in line got a girl's gift. That's all that was left. When he opened that box, first thing he pulled out and held up was a pair of pink panties. <laughs> and, of course, the other boys all laughed at him. And do you know what that boy did? He stood up with a big smile on his face and said, holding the panties up, my sister needs these. And she will love getting them when I bring them home. And, you know, there was absolutely never a bit of jealousy anger, whining, nothing. These kids were so grateful. Some got bigger boxes. Some got more things. And that's just, that's the nature of Operation Christmas Child. It's whatever God inspires you to put in those boxes. And another boy got, as many kids do, especially more and more lately, he got a box with a letter and a picture in it. And I went over and read that letter to him, and we had an interpreter there. They don't speak, most of them don't speak English very well. And he was so excited to know that this family who had packed the box was from North Carolina. And I've never forgotten that because we didn't have any connection to North Carolina at the time, but I remember it well. So I just want to urge you, if you haven't already packed your boxes, put letters, put pictures in, and pray. Pray over those boxes. I just, I've shared pretty much with you what happened that day on the physical, fun side of Operation Christmas Child. But there was so much more, and truly the greatest gift was yet to come.
Zig Ziglar is a Christian motivational speaker, and he wrote a book called Selling the Sizzle. And in that book, he was trying to, to show that uh, the object some, sometimes is, is enhanced by the sizzle, as it is when we smell a steak on the fire and how that whets our appetite and our, 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 our uh, saliva gets to rolling. The same thing when you walk into a coffee shop and you smell those fresh ground roasted beans, and you just, mm, boy, does that ever smell good. What you've seen, the boxes that we have here, that's the sizzle. Here's the real deal. Pastor just has spoken about the the Great Commission. In Mark, uh, the 16th chapter, 15 verse, it says, that go into the world and preach the gospel. You, by giving a box, these children, each one will get one of these books that says, uh, this one happens to be in Kosa. This one is uh, in English. This one is in uh, Afrikaans. We use all three of them, depending on the child's ability. But that po- the point of it is here is that th- th- they take these books and they're sat down with and they're read these books and they're, they're given the gospel of Jesus Christ. Okay? That's the real deal. That's the real deal. Then, um, also, the children do afterwards. Um, they also get these booklets now that's called The Greatest Journey. And these booklets are given out to those uh, who have received the gifts, and they go through a 10-week Bible study. The commission that Pastor gave us here in, in Matthew 28, 19, go and make disciples. You, you by your giving the gift box, have, have in essence gone and have helped make disciples. Praise God for that. Um, and yes, these may be gifts, and it may be the only gift that this child ever receives. That's, that's very true. But you know, also, um, here's also the real deal. Franklin Graham tells a story about uh, a young man in an orphanage in Johannesburg, just north of where we were. And he tells about this child who had been asking God. He wanted a mom and a dad. It just appeared that there was not uh, going to be anything coming his way. He saw these gifts coming, and he said, you know what, I, I, don't really, uh, I really don't want a gift. I want a mom and a dad. One of the orphanage workers befriended him, I guess, a little closer than normal and said, go ahead and open it. It's okay. He did. Inside was that picture and a letter, and he opened that, and he read it, and, and, and he said, oh, this is nice, you know, but I want a mom and a dad. And the worker said, why don't you write back to this couple and, and, and just thank them. And so he did, reluctantly. And the couple received the letter, and they were totally excited about this. And they said, let's take our vacation and go visit him. Now, I'll bet you some of you are half a block ahead of me on this, but you're right. <laughs> they came. They met this boy. They adopted this boy, and this boy today is living in the United States with a mother and a father because of a box. Wow. Praise God for that. Amen. Amen. Thank each one of you for the boxes that you're giving. We don't know what the end result is going to be, but we do know one thing. They're going to be given the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they're going to be given uh, the, the, the opportunity to be discipled as to the Lord Jesus Christ. In closing... I just wanted to mention to you that um, I, I've had this vision that, that uh, just won't, I just cannot shake. And I know that in that vision, visualize with me here, that you and you and you and you and you and you and you, one day in glory, God's going to take you by the hand. And he's going to say, come, come with me. I want you to meet someone. And he's going to put your hand in the hand of this person and say, this is the person who received your box. will receive the greatest gift of all. Thank you. The Great Commission, the precious treasure that we have to deliver through the gospel, tells us that we're to go to all nations. The gospel is not just for white people. It's not just for rich people. It's not just for attractive people. It's not just for people that live in America. The gospel 
is to be taken to all nations. That's God's desire. That's why Jesus tells us to go to all nations. We're to take precious cargo. And through Operation Christmas Child, we're trying to send the gospel to all nations. We're trying to send it to African children, to Asian children, to people in South America, to children in, in, uh, in, in China, to people you know, wherever across the globe, remote islands across the globe. We're trying to impact their lives with the gospel. That's why we go through the trouble of collecting these boxes and sending these boxes out. It's God's desire. Look at what it says in Revelation. There's this big worship service taking place in Revelation, and they're talking to Jesus, and they said, you're worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain, and with your blood... You purchased men for God. Notice this. From every tribe and language and people and nation. That's the heart of God. And that's what we are tempted to do through something like Operation Christmas Child. We have precious cargo in these boxes. We have precious cargo to share the gospel with people all around the globe. At one point in time, Jesus looked at his disciples in uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 5 and 6, and he more or less told them this, only go to the Jews, don't go to anyone else. But now in the Great Commission, Jesus is telling his disciples then and his disciples now that we are to go to all the nation. We're to go to all people, whether it be going next door or whether going to another country, we're to go and take the gospel to the whole world. Why should we deliver and how can we deliver precious cargo? First of all, we can do it because of the authority of Jesus. The Great Commission tells us that. All authority, Jesus said, is His in heaven and on earth. We're to take precious cargo. We're to take the gospel to all nations. But I want you to notice this also about precious cargo, delivering precious cargo. It involves activity. It involves us getting off of our backside and doing something. It involves more than just us saying we believe something. It involves us putting the gospel in our hands and our feet and carrying it to other people. It involves you taking the time to pack these boxes and to pray over these boxes and send the love of Jesus across this world. It takes activity to do that. Why do I say activity? Look at these verses, what Jesus said here. In just a cursory reading of what we're about to look at, just shouts to us activity. He said, therefore, go. That's activity. And make disciples. And then Jesus said this, baptizing, that's activity. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Those verses shout of activity. They're phrases and words used there that let us know in order for us to take precious cargo, in order for us to fulfill the Great Commission, in order for us to reach out and touch other people and share the gospel with other people, it requires activity on our behalf. He talked about going and making and baptizing and teaching. All those words communicate activity. Go back to the illustration of a cargo ship for a moment. There's activity involved in getting cargo onto the merchant ship. Somebody has to pack the cargo. Somebody has to load the cargo onto the ship. Somebody has to tie it down on the ship and manage it during the journey. Somebody has to take the cargo off of the ship and unload it when it gets there. And that is exactly what takes place through these boxes. We are going through activity. You see, in order for you to get to the point where some of you have already delivered these boxes, and some of you are in the process of delivering your boxes, you have to go through activity. You have to decide that you're going to do it. You have to get a shoe box and then go shopping and decide if you're going to buy something for a 
girl or a boy or both. And you have to decide the age bracket that you're shopping for. And then you have to buy the items and go home and pack those items and maybe put the note and the picture in they talked about and put money in there so it can be shipped, $7 per box. And then hopefully you will pray over those boxes. And then you bring them here. And then we'll take them upstairs. You know, most churches aren't a receiving location. We don't have to take ours very far to start with, just upstairs. But then people in other churches and people that live in this area will bring boxes here to our location. Then the boxes are counted. They're put into cases. They're loaded into a transfer truck. They're taken down to the receiving center in Charlotte, or some go up the mountain. We take ours to Charlotte. Some people take theirs up to Blowing Rock. And there, guess what happens? They take out each and every box. They open each box, go through each item to be sure all the gifts are appropriate. They collect the money out to be used for shipping. They crate it all back up in the same shoe box, and then they box it up again in cases, and then it's sent out to be flown across this world. There's a lot of activity in that. And we are to be actively involved in fulfilling the Great Commission. Whether it be through Operation Christmas Child or in other ways, Jesus calls us to be active in the Great Commission. Now to kind of highlight that a little bit, let me break down some of those phrases. First of all, he says, therefore, go. Therefore, go. When you look at the original Greek on this, it it is a verb that gives the idea of as you are going. It's not just a command to go, and then once you do something, you're finished. It's phrased in the Greek in a way that shows ongoing motion. It's in the present participle in the Greek, and it can be translated like this, while you are going, or as you are going. You know what one of the problems are in our churches today? We view doing the Great Commission or outreach or evangelism as an event, such as doing our trunk or treat event. Should we do things like that? Yes. Such as saying on a given night you're going to go out and visit and try and share the gospel with people. Should churches do that? Yes, we ought to plan things like that. Some churches will look at having like revival services and they think that's their evangelistic emphasis. Revival's for God's people to get right. If we'd get right, evangelism would happen. That's what revival is for. But you see, the deal is not us viewing evangelism or outreach as an event. It is to be part of who we are. As we are going, as we are living our lives, as you go to school, as you go to the marketplace, as you go to work, as you are going, day in and day out, we're to be fulfilling the Great Commission. It's not just when someone at church says, let's go tell somebody about Jesus. Let's go out on a special night. Some people even use that as an excuse sometimes, I think. And they'll, they'll say, well, you know, if the pastor of our church will say, let's go out and tell people about Jesus, I'd show up that night. Listen, it's your responsibility each and every day to share the gospel of Jesus. It's your responsibility as you are living your life, as you are going to be making disciples. Really, here's the way we ought to view it. When we first wake up in the morning and take our first breath, from that moment we ought to view ourselves as being on mission for Christ until we go to bed that night. And the next morning when we got up, we ought to view ourselves as being on mission for Christ. And the same thing day in and day out, as we live our lives, we're to be making disciples. Now here's the deal with that. Think about how many more disciples and how many more people for Christ would be reached if each and every one of us, as we live our lives, not just waiting for an evangelistic event, but as we live our lives, we're trying to reach people with the gospel. We're trying to carry precious cargo to people's lives as we are going. That's what the word means that's used there. Look at another phrase Jesus used. He said, make disciples. Make disciples in the Great Commission. That's a command that he gives us, that we're to go forth and make disciples. While you are going, the tense of what we just looked at, make disciples. You understand what a disciple really is? A disciple is not just a convert who's received Christ as their Savior. 
A disciple is not just a church member who has joined a church membership role. To get a clearer picture of what a disciple is, think of the word apprentice. It's someone that has signed on to be mentored by someone else, to be an apprentice of someone else. You and I are to be apprentices of Jesus Christ. We are to be mentored by Jesus Christ. Jesus made disciples, and those disciples went out and changed their world. We are to make disciples, and we're to train other people to be disciples, and we're to transform our world by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Sometimes we think, well, we just need to get the right politicians in and legislate morality. They can't even figure out what they're supposed to do once they get elected. We'll not change our world by legislation or by politicians, but we can change our world one life at a time if we will share the gospel and fulfill the great commission of Christ. As we are going, we're to be making disciples. Jesus trained his disciples to go out and do something. Yes, he taught them and they listened, but here's a radical idea. Jesus sent them out to do something. You see, being a disciple is more than just listening to the Word. I think the Bible says to be doers of the Word, not hearers only. It's not our goal to get people together in church and get you to listen about Jesus. We want you to go out and be Jesus in the world in which you live. It's not enough to get people to be hearers of the Word or to be listening about Jesus. We need people to go out and be disciples and be doing the things that Jesus wants us to do. A really radical idea to go and be a follower of Jesus. We're to be followers of Christ, not just listeners about Christ. And regrettably, I'm afraid in most churches in the day in which we live, our congregations are filled with people who come and they listen about Jesus. We're supposed to move beyond just listening. We're supposed to move to doing, to being, as we're going to where we make disciples. That's what Jesus calls us to in the Great Commission. Look at 2 Timothy. It gives us a good image about uh, discipleship. Paul writes to Timothy, and he says this, And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to reliable men who will also be qualified to teach others. That's a picture of discipleship. We're to teach people and train people who will be reliable, and they will turn around and teach people and train people who will be reliable, and you have the snowball effect that takes place because people are making disciples, and those people are making disciples, and it's impacting the world around us for Jesus. Regrettably, most churches have gone a long ways from this model. Here's the average mentality that most churches and regrettably most church members have. Instead of following this model, churches take this mentality. We will hire a pastor and we'll hire a staff. And they can take care of everything that needs to be done. They can take care of all the visitation. They can take care of all the Bible study, all the training, all the teaching. They can take care of all the evangelism, and we will pay them to do it. And as they do it, we're going to sit back, and if we're really enthusiastic, we'll be a cheerleader and say, go get them. Or if you're not enthusiastic, you'll be a spectator and just sit there and watch. And regrettably, most churches have taken this model. They're paying someone to do the work, and then someone comes to join the church, and we will give them the right hand of fellowship, and we'll take them and turn around and set them down in the spectator section, and they join all the other spectators instead of being involved as making disciples themselves. Think about it. How much greater impact would the church make upon our culture if every member of every church were fulfilling the Great Commission as they are gifted to do so? If everybody, not just the pastors, instead of having one or two people on staff at a church that's actually doing and trying to reach people, what if each and every member of each and every church were to view themselves as it's my responsibility to go out, each person's responsibility to go out and make disciples for Jesus? Think how many more lives we would impact, how much more we could deliver precious cargo. Jesus used this terminology, baptizing them. 
Baptizing someone, that's an activity. They are getting in the water. We are putting them under the water and bringing them up out of the water. It has nothing to do with them being saved because that's a work. We cannot be saved by works. Being baptized doesn't save anybody. We are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. We are saved by God's grace. We don't deserve it. We don't earn it. We can't work for it. We're saved completely by the amazing grace of God, by trusting in Jesus Christ as our Savior. And yet, that same Jesus tells us he wants us to baptize, and he wants us to be baptized. Why? He wants us to identify with him. He wants us to be identified with him. Jesus went to a cross and he was buried and he took his life back up. And that's what it is a picture of when someone is baptized. Jesus dying, being buried and taking his life back up. And we are given a testimony to the death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. We also are baptized for this reason. It's a picture of the old person that you used to be without Jesus being gone. And there's a new person now that you are with Jesus in your heart. That's what it's a picture of. Fulfilling the Great Commission involves activity. We're to go. We're to make disciples. We're to baptize. And then Jesus also said this, teaching them, teaching them to obey everything that he had said. I think we get off on that one also, and we, miss, we have misconceptions about what it means to just teach. You see, in fulfilling the Great Commission, we're not just teaching people principles to hear. We're not just giving people head knowledge. We're supposed to be teaching them to obey what Jesus says, to obey what His will is. It's an activity. And for us to fulfill this thing called Operation Christmas Child, for us to deliver this precious cargo, it's an activity to where we have to work and be involved with it. We need to teach people. We need to disciple people. We need to baptize people. We need to be going. And through what takes place in Operation Christmas Child, all those things happen. We go through these shoeboxes. They are made disciples. Those who receive Christ go through a Bible study. They are baptized. They are being taught. So Operation Christmas Child is just one way that you and I can help fulfill the Great Commission. We have precious cargo to deliver. Lastly, I want you to notice this today. How or why can we deliver precious cargo How and why can we be Great Commission Christians? How and why can we deliver these boxes? Because of the authority of Jesus. Because He tells us He has the ability and the authority for it to happen. That's why we can do it. We ought to be doing it for all nations. That's part of the Great Commission. Jesus says to all nations. We ought to be involved in activity, doing something to fulfill the Great Commission. But also, we have the ability to deliver precious cargo. We have the ability to be great commissioned Christians. See, sometimes we sell ourselves short on that. You might be thinking to yourself, I I don't know if I can tell somebody about Jesus. I'm scared to talk to somebody at work. I'm even scared to talk to my own family members. Some of you may be doubting whether or not you yourself can be a great commissioned Christian. Some of you may be doubting whether or not you can follow through your commitment and fill up all the boxes that you took and bring them back by next week. And you may be doubting whether you have the ability or not. Well, see, here's the answer to that. Look what Jesus says. And surely I am with you part of the time. Is that what he says? Jesus says, surely he's with us always. To the very end of the age, we have the ability to fulfill the Great Commission. We have the ability to share the gospel with others. We have the ability to perform this thing that we're calling a mission opportunity through Operation Christmas Child. We have the ability to do it because Jesus makes us a very great promise. And he says, I'm with you always. The word for always means this, literally, all the days. I think that's a neat thing, the way Jesus used that particular word. Because instead of having this concept that's kind of airy and lofty to where you think, oh yeah, Jesus is with me all the time, the word actually means this. Jesus is with you this day. 
Jesus is with you tomorrow. Jesus is with you the next day and the next thing that you face and the next difficulty that you go through. He's with you each and every moment of your life. If you've trusted Christ as your Savior, He is always with you. And a lot of times I'm afraid we just consume that to our own less kindly and think, oh, it gives me a warm, you know, cozy feeling to know that Jesus is with me. And thank God that is true. He's with us when we face death of a loved one. He's with us when we're going through cancer. He's with us when we lost our job, when we're having all kinds of difficulties. He's with us through all that. And that ought to make us feel great to know that he's always with us. But here, Jesus, in the context of these verses, is telling us this. I am with you always to help you fulfill the Great Commission. I'm with you to help you share the gospel with others. I'm with you to help you deliver precious cargo. I'm with you always so you can do exactly what I have called you to do. You think about it. Would Jesus tell us to do something that we could not do? Would he give us a Great Commission? See, it is a great commission. It's not a small commission. Remember, it's for all the world. It's for all nations. It's for all people. Would he give us a great, huge commission like that and not equip us and enable us to do it? That's why Jesus says here, he is with us always. We have the ability to serve him because he's always with us. Jesus is also called Emmanuel in the Bible. The word Emmanuel means God with us. And then here at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, Jesus is saying, I am with you always. He's wearing that title to give us the confidence that he's with us in whatever we face and whatever he calls us to do. G. Campbell Morgan, who was a um, Bible scholar, theologian, pastor of uh, years ago. Um, Most of you are not of the age, you would have read anything by him unless you like to look in old books and, you know, read about uh, some commentaries and things from the past. G. Campbell Morgan, when he was a young pastor, he had the habit at that time, he's going out and meeting with a ladies group about once a day, and they were reading and talking about passages of the Bible. This particular time, he was going through the, uh, through the gospel of Matthew. And he's been going every day and reading Scripture to them and talking about it. Jesus reads this scripture that we're looking at where Jesus says he's with us always, even to the end of the age. And then G. Campbell Morgan made this statement to these ladies. He said, what a tremendous promise that is. Any of you ever had like an old lady to picture in your place? Huh? Grandma or just, you know, just some old lady. I've had that happen as, you know, when I was young pastor, you know. One of the ladies spoke up after G. Campbell Morgan and said, what an amazing, what a terrific promise that is. And she kind of quirked back to him, it's not a promise at all, it's a fact. Guys, that's how we ought to view it. It's a fact that he's with us always. It's a fact that he's called us to share the gospel around the world, to tell your family and friends, to do missionary efforts like Operation Christmas Child, or to send money to missions to help support missionaries on foreign soil or in our own homeland. It's a fact that he calls us to spread the gospel, to make disciples, to baptize, to teach people to obey what he has said. And it's also a fact that he's with us to help us do it. So much so that he said, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. That little phrase, end of the age, actually gives us this thought. God has a plan. So right now, wherever you are in your life, if you know Christ as your Savior, God has a plan for your life. And you need to be faithfully serving him until one day everything's going to wrap up, the end of the age. He's with us, helping us fulfill the Great Commission till the end of the age. One day it's all going to wrap up. We're going to be with Him. What we need to do right now is be faithful in our individual spots, in our individual places, as God has gifted us. We need to be faithfully serving Him until the end of the age. We've got precious cargo. Precious cargo in these boxes. 
I hope after today you'll view these boxes differently. I hope right now you'll look up here at these boxes and you'll look at them and imagine they've got bricks of gold or diamonds inside because they really have a much greater gift than that. They have the ability to change eternity for the lives of these children. I hope you'll look at these boxes and think how precious these are. The ones that you're going to pack this week and bring next week. I hope you'll view how precious those boxes are. Precious cargo that we can send into the lives of children. Some of you may be wondering, why do we need to go to all this trouble? I mean, why did Jesus expect us to do the Great Commission? Why did he leave that kind of mandate behind for his disciples and for us? Why do we need to go to the trouble and the expense of filling these shoeboxes and paying money to have them sent across the globe? Why do we need to do it? I think this next passage of Scripture will help you understand. Paul writes to believers in Thessalonica, and he said this, He, talking about God, He will punish those who do not know God and do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished with everlasting destruction and shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the majesty of His power. On the day He comes to be glorified in His holy people and to be marveled out among all, All those who have believed, this includes you because you've believed our testimony to you. In those verses, Paul talks about two groups of people. There are those who reject Jesus and they will face everlasting destruction. Guys, that's not me trying to be a hellfire and brimstone preacher. That is what God says in His Word. Those that reject Jesus terribly, regrettably, will face everlasting destruction. And then there are those who believe in Jesus who become part of His family, part of His holy people. That's why we need to fulfill the Great Commission. That's why you need to tell people that you work with about Jesus. That's why you need to tell your family members about Jesus. That's why as you are going, you need to be making disciples. As you are living your life day in and day out, you need to be sensitive about trying to fulfill the Great Commission. That's why we need to send these shoeboxes, because people die lost, and they spend eternity separated from the God who loved them so much that he put his son on a cross. I want to tell you real quick, don't go there with me on something because I, I'm going to tell you up front, never go there with me because people come up and say, well, if God really loves people, why would he send them to hell? He did everything he could to keep people out of hell. He put his son on a cross who shed his blood and suffered, and he stands with open arms, and he says, let whosoever will come. That's how much he loves the world. That's how much he loves these children. And and you and I need to deliver precious cargo. So where are you at in this today? The band's going to get ready to come and play, and we're going to do something we call uh, an invitation, just kind of a time of decision. But where are you yourself at in this? Because I recognize today you may be someone today that has never said yes to Jesus. And right now, maybe you yourself, you don't have confidence of everlasting life. Right now, you may be fearful after the verse we just looked at there in Thessalonians. And you may be telling yourself, I I don't know that I know Christ for sure as my Savior. And that passage of Scripture said, if I don't, I'll face everlasting destruction. So maybe you're someone that is unsure. You're someone that does not know for sure you've received Christ as your Savior. Can I suggest in the next few moments you do this? That you just admit to God and say, God, I am a sinner. God, I can't save myself. I'm not good enough. There's not anything I can do to save myself. God, I believe you love me enough to put your son on the cross. And because your son died for me, shed his blood for me as my only hope of salvation, my only hope of eternity, God, right now I receive your son into my heart, into my life. I admit that I'm lost. I admit that I'm a sinner. Guess what? All of us were. None of us deserve to go to heaven. It's only by the grace of God. It's only through the shed blood of Jesus. And I suggest if you don't know him, right now in the next few moments, you'd just pray and say, God, I am a sinner. God, I believe Christ died on the cross for my sins, and I'm inviting you into my life. 
What about those of us that already know Christ as our Savior? What decision do we need to make today? Maybe you need to dedicate yourself today to fulfilling the Great Commission. Maybe just in, the, in a few minutes as the band plays and as you stand up. Maybe you need to pray right where you are or come here to the front and kneel and say, God, help me as I live my life, as I am going. Help me to reach others for Jesus. Maybe you need just to slip out and come up here and gather around these boxes. And maybe lay your hands on these boxes and pray over these boxes and say, God, take these boxes as precious cargo into the hearts and lives of children across this world and let them know about Jesus and give them the faith that they need to say yes to Jesus. See, because Jesus has all authority, because Jesus said he has all authority in heaven and on earth, because Jesus said he's with us always, we can do exactly what we've talked about today. Some of you right now might be having doubts. I read these verses right at the first, but I've not commented about them till now. I want you to notice something that's at the very first of the Great Commission. Most of the time people read it over it and don't even think about what it says. Look at it real quick. It says, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee. This is verse 16 and 17, right before we get to what people call the Great Commission. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. A couple of simple things there. We ought to go where Jesus tells us to go, and if we do, we're on a mountain with him. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. And that's what our lives ought to be about. We ought to worship him. But I bet you've read over this before, and maybe you didn't even catch this part of it. They worshipped him, but look what it says. But some doubted. So you may be someone right now who is doubting whether or not you can go to heaven. You may be doubting whether or not Jesus really paid for your sins on the cross. You may be doubting whether or not you can be a great commissioned Christian, whether or not you can fulfill your obligation to Operation Christmas Child by filling those boxes. I understand you may have some doubts. Can I tell you something? Don't be guilty when you doubt. I think it's okay for you to doubt. Here's why I think it's okay for you to have doubts. I believe God's a big enough God to settle your doubts. And what Jesus did to settle their doubts was what we've already talked about. Jesus, after they worshipped and some of the disciples were there doubting, Jesus said to them, hey, listen to me. All authority is given to me in heaven and on the earth. And then he closed the other side of the Great Commission by saying, I'm with you always, even at the end of the age. So this morning, you can go and you can make disciples. And you can baptize, and you can teach. Or if you don't know Christ as your Savior, you can believe this morning and receive Him. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you, first of all, for each person that's already purchased items and and packed these boxes with love and brought these boxes here to our church. Father, I pray that you'll use these boxes to bring children and their families to you. Father, I pray for the boxes that will come in next Sunday. Lord, I pray for our goal. I pray we go way beyond the 500 boxes that we've talked about. But Father, I pray that you bless each one. Not a single box is insignificant. That you bless each one and that you use it to touch the lives of children across this globe. But Father, I also pray right now if there's anyone here that does not know Christ as their Savior, God, help them to be honest and just completely transparent before you. And right now, God, help them just to admit and and say, I I know I've sinned. I, I, I know I can't save myself, but I believe you loved me enough for your son to be on the cross and die on the cross and shed his blood for my sins. And I'm going to believe in Jesus Christ and nothing else so I can go to heaven, so I can be forgiven, so I can be in a relationship with a holy God, so I can serve you. Father, I pray that you help anyone here right now that does not know Christ to do exactly that. Father, I pray for those of us that already know Christ, that you will wake us up, 
that you'll call us to be Great Commission Christians. Lord, that you'll help us to understand as we live our lives, as we are going day in and day out, we're to be about making disciples for you. Father, the disciples came to you and they came to your son. They worshiped him. Help us right now as we sing to worship you. Help us to be sensitive to what you say to our hearts. Help us to be obedient. God, give us the confidence we can do everything that you call us to do because you have all authority. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I'm going to ask uh, uh, Wayne and Barbara to be here at the front with me. Uh, that shared with you some about Operation Christmas Child. I'll be at one side, they'll be at the other. If you need to talk to somebody individually, talk to somebody personally, if you have questions about what it means to really know Christ as your Savior, we invite you to come. But I pray during this time, all of us will evaluate where we are in fulfilling the Great Commission. Guys, I think I can make you a promise. If all of us would be more mindful of the Great Commission Next week, we wouldn't have a single empty seat in this place for either one of our services. And it's not about us filling this place up. It's about us filling heaven up for Jesus' sake. So I pray right now you'll evaluate as a Christian where you are and ask God to help you as you are going to make disciples. Maybe some of you need to step out from where you are instead of pray it there. Maybe you need to pray it here at the front. Maybe some of you need to come and lay hands on these boxes, as I mentioned, and just pray that God will bless these boxes and use them. But as you stand and as we sing, God speaks to your heart. We invite you to come. You are listening to Sermon Audio from Dayton Church. If you have any questions about God, faith, or our church, email us at info at And for more information, find us on the web at dayfreechurch.com.